Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gonna push tempo here. The Pelicans. Hold that follow through. He posed. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. Welcome in, and what the Pel is up, everybody. This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Got to remind you, before we get started, make sure you subscribe and or follow, depending on where you're listening to this podcast. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, which I know the majority of you do, make sure you scroll to the bottom of this page, leave a rate and review, preferably four or five star rate, rate, that really helps us out. Make sure to tell a friend about the podcast as well. Can never talk too much Pelicans. And there's one more thing. Before we get started today, uh, okay, a couple things. If you haven't noticed by now, I am doing this fully unedited once again today. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the last few times we've had to do that. Schedule gets a little bit packed, and for that reason, this is going a little bit unedited today. So, forewarning. Secondly, we are, as I'm recording this, 18 days into October Last month, we set our record for this podcast with 1,061 listens throughout the month of September. This month, once again, we are 18 days in and we just passed 1,070 for the month. We're quickly approaching 4,500 as well, and that is all thanks to you, the listener. So thank you, you specifically, you listening to this podcast for tuning in on such a regular basis. You guys are the real MVP. And on top of that, because of the amount of listens that we're getting, downloads that we're getting because of you, we almost got a, we're, we're, we're getting close to getting a sponsor lined up. Very excited about that. And for you, any of you that hear those numbers, those amount of people that are listening to this podcast on a regular basis, and you want to advertise with us, just let us know. Hit me in the DMs at Elliot Clough on Twitter, or you can shoot an email to us. It's at Elliot Clough at gmail.com and the same goes for anybody who has any pelicans questions hit us up there and we will talk about it on the podcast you can always respond to any tweet of mine with a question and we will go forward with that and and talk about it in the upcoming podcast and now that we're three minutes into the episode let's talk some basketball why don't we so in my dms actually i was asked by a fan of the show, what my order of preference is at the moment for the specified coaches that we know remain. And those being Stan Van Gundy, Will Weaver, and Jamal Mosley. Not sure if these long shots are still part of the equation for the Pelicans, but per Brian Windhorst, they were talked about, interviewed, but haven't really been in consideration 
since then, and it's Darvin Ham and David Vanterpool, two assistants, Darvin with the Bucks and Vanterpool with the Minnesota Timberwolves prior to that with the Portland Trailblazers. Now, to reference the where we started, really, we're going to go through basically everything that we've heard, everything that we know right now in terms of the coaching search for the Pelicans, not just them, but the league as a whole. So I've mentioned for quite a while now that prior to the knowledge that we had, uh, now that we're where we're at right now with the the season, you know, quickly approaching, coming up, probably going to be in January, the NBA draft a month from today, and hopefully Pelican's going to be hiring a head coach here soon. But prior to our knowledge of who the final candidates were going to be, you knew that my favorites were Kenny Adkinson, Jerry Stackhouse, Sam Cassell, and Billy Donovan. Now, obviously, we know Billy Donovan is off the board. He has signed with the Chicago Bulls, starting to remove the assistants that were there and really starting to clean house. Sam Cassell may, may, may very well be headed to Houston, if not as head coach, possibly as an assistant, because we know that Jeff Van Gundy might be the guy there in Houston, or he could stay in Los Angeles with the Clippers under Ty Lue, or just not have a solid job offer on the table. As of right now, he'll probably get an assistant job basically anywhere he wants it. He's very well respected around the league, and if he does not get a head coaching position, which it's going to look like he's not going to get, he could very well end up with the Pelicans or or somewhere else. There's a lot of places that he could go that he would be valued. Stackhouse hasn't been rumored for one job in the NBA, which fair enough. Again, he signed, I think, like a seven-year deal, six-year deal with the Commodores at Vanderbilt. So maybe he wasn't on a lot of a lot of radars and probably for good reason. Stackhouse, from what we know, appears to be kind of the guy there and, and very well respected and a guy who, I mean, he was an all-star for a little while in his NBA career, and he's done a lot. So not probably in the running for a lot of NBA jobs right now, considering he's not in the running for a head coaching job, probably not going to want to be an assistant, probably not going to want to leave the program that he is heading up there in Vanderbilt. And then there's Kenny Atkinson, who we know to not really be in line for any other remaining jobs. Atkinson, who did such a phenomenal job with building that Brooklyn Nets roster, for whatever reason, hasn't been able to land another gig. Granted, if he does, with the remaining jobs that he's likely viable for, probably going to be the Thunder, considering where they're at right now. We don't really know what the plan is for them as far as a head coach, but there are options, and and, uh, Kenny Atkinson could very well be an option for them. Now, considering these candidates and other open positions, the Indiana Pacers probably not considering any of the guys that the Pels are considering at the moment. More than likely going to be Mike D'Antoni or Chris Finch, former Pelicans associate head coach with Alvin Gentry, going to be headed there. They're looking to really jumpstart the offense there, probably starting from scratch, so therefore they want a new head coach to start with them there. It'd be interesting for them to grab Mike D'Antoni, considering they're probably going to move on from Victor Oladipo this offseason very well. Miles Turner could could be a potential move. And maybe 
Pelicans could grab Mike Miles Turner this offseason. Then you look at the Rockets, and like I mentioned, Jeff Van Gundy. Sam Cassell may very well be in consideration there still, but Van Gundy looks to be the odds-on favorite for the Pelicans, much like his sorry, for the Rockets, much like his brother is for the Pelicans. And then there's the Thunder. Like we mentioned, Kenny Atkinson could very well be a candidate there. And then there's David Vanterpool and one of the names that we've been talking about here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans and throughout the Pelicans media, Will Weaver, apparently, might be in contention for the head coaching position there in Oklahoma City. So that's where we pretty much stand as as the league, as potential open positions throughout the NBA. And now with all that said, there's clearly been coaches who have been fired this offseason and ones that are still available. Like I said, Mike D'Antoni, please, God, no, Pelicans, don't go after that guy. Uh, it's, it's more than likely he's out of the race based on what we know, but we got to consider all options here. Clearly, the Nets made that apparent once they hired Steve Nash. That was the surprise hire of probably this decade. I don't I can't think of another one off the top of my head. Maybe Steve Kerr, but Steve Nash being brought in by the Nets. So we have to be prepared for basically all things. And now D'Antoni would not be the surprise tr- quite to the degree that Steve Nash was, but he is a retread, a, a possible head coach that could be brought in by the Pelicans. Again, these are this is all speculation. This isn't based on anything of substance. We're just talking potential. Brett Brown is another guy who was a former head coach that is still on the market. He's a potential assistant. Also, if if Will Weaver is brought in, they do have that connection from his days, uh, Will Weaver's days in Philadelphia with the 76ers, and that could be a quick route to making Weaver an associate head coach. Whether or not they bring him as an it, bring Weaver in as an assistant or a head coach, it's it's not abundantly clear, but it's apparent that they like him and that they would consider him being on staff, whether it's at the head coaching position or as an assistant. Then the other one who is fired that remains available is Nate McMillan. He is apparently off the market, taking a year off coaching, I guess. We learned that from Tony East of Locked on Pacers, and, and McMillan's brother's actually on staff, or was on staff with the Pelicans the last uh, time the Pelicans had a full-blown staff, which they don't at the moment. So we'll see what happens with the next head coach if they decide to retain that staff or bring in their own, seek out other guys. But with that said, Nick McMillan more than likely off the board, D'Antoni more than likely off the board, and we haven't heard anything about Brett Brown. I wouldn't be absolutely flabbergasted if he's brought in for an interview yet because who knows how long the Pels are going to take on this. We've been hearing reports that they'll make their hire here soon enough. It was within 10 days, like five days ago or something like that is is what I heard. But um, again, those three names, not based on anything. This is, this is all speculation. This is potential uh, uh, retreads or, or guys that have not been hired or or filled a current opening position. Now, I made reference to that Steve Nash hire just a second ago, and there's been a lot of that question is, who is a surprise candidate that the Pelicans could hire? And I've heard this on podcasts. I've heard this on TV. I've heard, or I guess I've read it in articles, and that question remains for 
these few other teams that have yet to hire head coach, Pacers, Rockets, Thunder, Pelicans, because it's happened. So everybody's aware of it. Is it likely to happen with the Pelicans? I wouldn't say so, but the question's out there. And folks, I mean, <laughs> there's a reason they call it a surprise hire. I, like the only name that I can think of that would still be a surprise hire that has a connection to the team that people can make a substantial conjecture about would be Jerry Stackhouse. Again, more than likely not going to happen. This would surprise the crap out of the rest of the country, but Pelicans fans, especially those who listen to this podcast, know that we've been talking about this for a while. Again, Chris Connor put that article together. That was phenomenal. So the only one of substance that we can really talk about is Stackhouse. And that's because of his connection to Brandon Ingram, both from the same small town. Stackhouse has been a mentor for him for a long time. Stackhouse has coached in the G League, coached in the NBA, and now he's a head coach with Vanderbilt, the Commodores. And they absolutely love him there. But other than that, I mean, I really have nothing for you. This is, I mean, exactly. I, I, I just said it. They call it a surprise for a reason. And of all those names that I listed, of all those names that I just put a little bit of speculation on. Again, folks, other than Stan Van Gundy, Will Weaver, and Jamal Mosley, there's really not a lot to be taken from what I just said. This is all pretty much a review of where we've been, where we're at now, and what we know. Y'all know my favorite's probably going to be Jerry Stackhouse. Again, more than likely not going to happen. But... Today, what we do know, and I've done these podcasts separately, I've done them with people who know these coaches pretty well, and I'm waiting on one of them because I think he's going to be the favorite to be brought in, and, and we'll talk about him soon with, with members of the media that have covered him, covered his teams, and that's going to be Stan Van Gundy. So... We'll, we'll do that here soon. I really think that he's going to be the guy that they bring in. But what the goal of today's podcast was is not to speculate. It's not. It's to point out pros and cons and go over it somewhat quickly. Not We're not going to fly through it, but it, it's basically just to review where we're at. See what's going on rather than, you know, sitting in in that speculation, in that worry, in that concern of what route they're going to go. This is breaking down the three candidates that we know are still viable, are still on the table. And that's SVG, that's Will Weaver, that's Jamal Mosley. Like I said, like I just went over, there's still a lot of options, but this is what it's look like. Well, this is what it looks like it's come down to. It's going to be Stan Van Gundy, Will Weaver, and Jamal Mosley. And at this rate, there's really no reason to do deeper dives on any other coaches. Yeah, we just talked about the other situations, but chances are the long shot is not going to happen. So where we're at right now is looking at these three guys, seeing what they can bring and what the positives, what the negatives are, and going from there. The Pels have nowhere really to go but up. Finishing 13th in the West this last year with all that young talent, the veterans on the roster who looked kind of iffy at times, obviously, talking about Derek Favors there. And, you know, 
the rest of the guys. J.J. Redick looked pretty solid, as he always does. He's a very consistent shooter, and he played like that this year. He's a good guy, very articulate, and, and he's been kind of the, the leader of this team. But as we look forward, we got to talk about the guys who we know will be on the roster, what they'll bring, and, and what the difference will be based on these potential head coaches. So let's get to it. This is my ranking system. This isn't who necessarily who I believe to be the order or the order in which the Pels rank these guys. This is the way I see it. Could it be the way the Pels view them? Sure. But this is the way I, I view these head coaches in order. We'll, we'll go from three down to one. Who, who my favorite remainder remaining candidates are. And for those of you who haven't turned and for those of you who haven't tuned in to the podcast, we've done three, four, five podcasts on Will Weaver, Jamal Mosley, and Stan Van Gundy, what they could bring to the Pelicans should they be hired as the next head coach in New Orleans. All three providing a lot of really good things. All three providing some negatives that the others could compensate for. So a lot of different ways the Pels could really go with this hire. So we'll start with number three on my list of the remaining candidates for the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's going to be Jamal Mosley. Now, there's a lot of things that Mosley brings to the table for the Pelicans. He's been with Griff before. He's an assistant with the Cavs from 2010 to 2014 when Griff was the GM or, or the president of basketball operations or what have you, whatever he was there with the, the Cavs. Also, Mosley did interview for their head coaching position last year before he, he decided he wanted to return and coach with the Dallas Mavericks. He also, one really good thing that I really like about his tenure in the NBA is as a coach is he started in Denver 2006 2007 2007 2010 with the Denver Nuggets under George Carl one of the well-renowned coaches in the NBA coached Carmelo Anthony was a big part of Melo's development there in Denver got paid $25,000 to be an assistant with the Denver Nuggets. So you know the guy loves basketball at that rate. He loves being around people, loves being around these players. He is a basketball coach. A bona fide basketball coach is Jamal Mosley. Also, we know, we talked to Liam Santamaria, lead writer for the NBL website, also a TV analyst, been on, or he is a co-host of NBL Overtime there in Australia, played with Jamal Mosley back in the day in the NBL when Mosley was sixth man of the year there in Australia's basketball league. And Santa Maria said, you know, I didn't really think about it back then, but now that I think about it, Mosley is the epitome of what a coach should be and what a coach would bring. He, he just knew, like looking back at it, he should have just known, I guess I should say, that Mosley would be a fantastic fit for any head coaching position or just coaching position in general. And as we look at this quote here from Carl and his days in Denver, Carl said this, I believe it was on his podcast, 
It was his daily enthusiasm in reference to Mosley and desire to put in the time to be a really good coach. He reminds me a lot of Dwayne Casey when I had him in Seattle and Terry Stotts, an assistant in Seattle and Milwaukee. Casey being the head coach for the Pistons, Stotts being the head coach for the Trailblazers. He said they both went on to be very good coaches, and like them, Jamal is defensive-minded. Boy, do we love to hear that as Pelicans fans. Granted, he was in Dallas and was the defensive coordinator or defensive coach, whatever you want to label it as. He was the uh, head of the defense for Dallas, and they had, I think, the league's worst defense this year. But in reference to that, I think this was on the Hoop Collective podcast between Brian Windhorst, Tim McMahon, and another general NBA guy. Tim McMahon brought up Mosley, and what he said was, this defense is horrible, but what you're trying to do there is make chicken salad with chicken feathers. In other words, defenders on the Mavericks roster, awful. So take with that what you will. I mean, the Pels have a lot of pieces to be a good defensive team. Brandon Ingram has a lot of a lot of place, to, a lot of room to grow, I should say. Obviously, Zion Williamson has so much room to grow. Just absolutely atrocious defensively this last year. So Mosley could really help there. And then you look at the remainder of the roster with Drew, Lonzo, Derek Favors, should he return, and Josh Hart. You got some good defenders on the roster. So it wouldn't be the same thing. It wouldn't be making chicken salad with chicken feathers as Tim McMahon did say another few positive things for Mosley out of his time in Dallas is he's known as quote Luca's guy and for those of you who are big Vanterpool people wanted to bring David Vanterpool in to New Orleans to be the head coach a big push for those people was that Vanterpool was kind of that for Damian Lillard in Portland and we were like he has this amazing relationship with Damian Lillard well hey there's another one right here in Luka Doncic and Jamal Mosley. And if Mosley can come in and, and be a guy like that for Zion, for Brandon Ingram, sign me up, sis. I'm down. The other thing about his time in Dallas is that he's been under Rick Carlisle for six years. Rick Carlisle, obviously known as one of the top coaches in the NBA, a guy who's very, very, very well respected throughout the league, has led his team to an NBA championship with Dirk Nowitzki in 2010, I want to say. I know it was over the heat. That's all I got for you. At 2011, because they beat the Thunder in 2012. But Mosley, known as a guy who commands respect in the locker room from the Dallas Mavericks, their roster. And this is a quote from Windhorst on the podcast. He said, it's a big job with Zion. It's a really, really big job. Not that Zion's hard to handle, but it's more about this is the guy that has to motivate him. And they believed that Mosley could do that. And McMahon said one thing about Mosley is he can command respect in a room. And he's one of the few assistant coaches who, if it's a back alley brawl with NBA players, I'm going to bet on him 95 percent of the time and that's a lot of percent of the time if you didn't know that Mosley is a guy who is rough rugged I guess and will command respect in an NBA locker room and if you can bring that that's going to get respect from one vets 
and and two the new guys the the young guys because well that being that he commands respect being that he's played basketball before professionally and the third is that he's been under Rick Carlisle and Carlisle's a guy who knows the game of basketball and is known as a guy who knows the game of basketball one of the greatest coaches in our league maybe not ever but at least for right now he's got to be a top five eight ish head coach in the NBA and coming from that lineage or 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 a coaching tree is not something that is negative there are a few cons for for Jamal Mosley and and that's one that he's never been a head coach obviously at least I I, he might have been overseas but all I know is his NBA tenure I, I don't think he was a head coach overseas at all never played in the NBA as a professional eh I mean Will Weaver hasn't either Stan Van Gundy never did not as many connections uh, to possible assistants like like Stan Van Gundy, like uh, like Will Weaver has. Will Weaver has the connections to Kenny Atkinson. Stan Van Gundy's been a head coach before, so, you know, he's got his, his staff, and he will more than likely have the respect of other coaches that would want to come in and be an assistant under him. And the, the fourth thing is that we just really don't know that much about Jamal Mosley. Comparatively to SVG and Will Weaver, at least on our podcast, I made Jamal Mosley the segment pretty short. I mean, it just wasn't all that long because we just don't have a lot. I looked up Jamal Mosley on the Apple Podcast app, and all I could find was a brief episode. I mean, it wasn't even the whole episode where they talked about him. It was an episode by Locked on Bulls talking about him being a possible head coaching candidate. And I got some information from it, but a lot of the rest is I got from Ollie's article about him and and Will Weaver. And for those of you watching on YouTube, Ollie Cosell, editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights, you can check it out there. It's in a, a description to another podcast that we did with Ollie fairly recently. So that's Jamal Mosley. Number two, Will Weaver. And we'll try to make this quick because, you know, YouTube uh, will we'll make it fairly quick. And obviously, this is stuff we've talked about before on the podcast. Will Weaver's young and innovative. He's probably going to be, he's not going to be Nick Nurse to a T. Being Nick Nurse is something that's hard to live up to. But Nurse is... It was the the new guy in the NBA, the guy that was going to come in and, and change things. And he won a title with the Toronto Raptors. Is Weaver going to do that in his first year with New Orleans? Probably not. Coming out of the West, one, two. Nurse had to face the Warriors without Kevin Durant and then without Klay Thompson. And they were very short other than that. They did not have a lot of depth in Golden State. So a lot of factors there. But Weaver is going to be a guy that is always on the cutting edge of the offensive side of the ball, and sometimes the defensive end of the ball, too. We know that he modeled his defense in Australia this last year based on the Milwaukee Bucks. We learned that from Liam Santamaria as well. And in terms of philosophy, in terms of the structure of how you go about coaching a team, Weaver is going to be flexible from the get-go, not positive as to what way he's going to go until he gets around the team that he's going to coach. He does not have a definitive way he is going to be going about his coaching. Depending, It's, it's going to be depending on the roster. It's not going to be solely based off who he is and what he does. To boot, he's got that connection with Trajan Langdon and 
David Griffin already from his time with the Brooklyn Nets as an assistant head coach and with the G League affiliate in Long Island with the Nets organization. And then Griffin through the development of D.D. Luzada. We talked again about that with Liam Santamaria in this last episode. If you want to hear more about Luzada, that's at the top of this last podcast. He also coached at the collegiate level, coached Kevin Durant at Texas. He also coached DJ Augustine in that time frame, which could be a pull for Augustine to New Orleans. And it's not the biggest pro, but it's a pro nonetheless, because having Augustine on the roster is a veteran presence. One, he's also a really good, a, a good point guard that would be good for the roster. And one more quote from Santa Maria in this last podcast is that, <laughs> I love this quote, Weaver he will be in the front row coaching for an NBA team. It's a matter of when. That was not verbatim. I'm sure I will quote it directly if Weaver gets hired one way or another. But that was dope. That was really good to hear. And the potential of, like I said, grabbing Atkinson or Brett Brown as assistants, sign me the frick up. I love that. I love having that potential to bring in Atkinson and Brett Brown, who have been head coaches. And if they know their role on a, on a staff like that and won't try to you know, steal his thunder as head coach, done, done deal, bring him in, let's do, let's, let's do it, let's go. There are a few cons about Weaver, and, and that's the fact that he's never been a head coach in the NBA. He's known to not be flexible in-game, make adjustments based on how the game is going. And that reminds us of the Bucks. Like what the Bucks did in the playoffs is they didn't adjust their defense, they didn't adjust their rotations, and they essentially ran the Bucks defense last year in the NBL. Also, much like Mosley, much like SVG, he's never done it in the leagues that he's coached. He's been runner-up in his two head coaching stints, Nets G League affiliate and, and with the NBL Kings, the Sydney Kings. So never really gotten there. And maybe this will be it. Maybe this will be the step. But he's never done it before. And based on demeanor, what little we do know about Will Weaver is he could end up being like Alvin Gentry. But... We know, based again off this conversation that we had with Santa Maria of the NBL, that it will be different. He could, there, there are similarities, but it will be different. So, pro, con, take that with what you will. But I really liked what Santa Maria said on Weaver in terms of where he's at with accountability. He asks the players what they want and he holds them to that standard. He has his standard, but it's more based on what they say and what they want to do. So, I like that strategy. I like the way that Weaver goes about that. Now, number one on my coaching list, the moment you've all been waiting for. I mean, you know it. It's Stan, it's Stan Van Gundy. With where we sit right now, uh, it, it's going to be Van Gundy, former coach of the Heat, the Magic, and the Pistons in his NBA tenure. He's basically the exact opposite of Alvin Gentry, which what you, with what you can deduce from my last statement, I love that. That is a good move. Love Alvin Gentry as a person. You've heard this a million times, but accountability and defense just really not there at all with Alvin Gentry and Stan Van Gundy, the polar opposite. In his 11 full seasons coaching in the NBA, he's seven winning seasons, four losing seasons, and four of those losing seasons, three of the four were with the Pistons. Garbage franchise. Garbage franchise. I mean, they've won, they've won a bunch of titles in the 90s, and they won one in 2004, but since 
yeah, they suck. Four and, uh, excuse me, four out and one in system with the magic. You love to see it. That would be phenomenal. That would be something to emulate with Zion. You get four shooters on the three-point line. You get Zion to work in the middle. I mean, on the outside, you got JJ. You got Brandon Ingram. Lonzo can hit a shot. Josh Hart can hit a three from time to time. Uh, Etwan Moore, Nicolo Melli, the list goes on. So that's a possibility. Previous relationship with JJ Redick. This is a quote, and I said it on the word with G in Lafayette ESPN 1420 this week, and a couple quotes, I guess, is that I, this is, this is a Reddit quote. He said, I don't know that I've ever been around any coach, and I've played for great coaches and play for a great coach right now, which at the time was Doc Rivers. But I don't know if I've ever been around any coach who holds himself so accountable. This was on the Chronicles of Reddick, which was a podcast that JJ held in 2016. So, say it with me, girl, accountability. We love to hear it. That is not something we have heard in a long time. And Van Gundy will preach this up, down, sideways, forward, backward, diagonally in the fourth dimension. That's just that's what's going to happen with Stan Van Gundy. You're not going to get it to that degree probably with a lot of other guys. And it's not just with himself, it is with his team and he, he emphasizes that. He emphasizes defense, defense and one for more time for good measure, defense. And shout out to Will underscore Nola one more time. He said for what it's worth in response to my tweet. He said for what it's worth in his stints with Orlando and Detroit, Stan Van Gundy, Gundy only had one team outside the top 15 defensively, which was his first year in Detroit. Six finished in the top 10. We love to hear that. That is transformational. That is what we want to hear as Pelicans fans. JJ went on to, to revert back to what JJ said about Stan Van Gundy. He said that he had a bigger impact on my career than any coach I've played for. He said he's the best coach I've played for in the NBA. And, and Matt Barnes added to this his attention to detail was crazy. JJ said he was so prepared, worked so hard, took such responsibility on what he can control. This was all on the all this all the yeah all the smoke podcast. All good stuff. All good stuff. And we're gonna reference this this tweet from SVG one more time. He said, "How good can New Orleans be?" Well, since Zion came back, they were 11 and nine and ranked 11th offensively and eighth defensively. And they have eight guys, 25 or younger. Zion, Ingram, Ball, Hart, Jackson, Hayes, Alexander Walker, and Okafor, which three of those guys are probably not going to be on the roster next year. Pelicans fans have to be excited. And we are SVG, and I'm telling you, this guy's my number one pick for a lot of reasons, but you love that quote. He sees the potential in this team. He knows, I mean, he's got that philosophy of defense, of accountability. I love that. Two more things. Word with G, he brought it up, G brought it up, Greg Leonard. A Dwight Howard reunion, question mark? Considering that dude, how he played in Los Angeles this last year, maybe he wants to rekindle that relationship, fix it up a little bit with SVG, and go out and win some games with a young team. I doubt it, but hey, we're having fun here. <laughs> I believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, so that'd be cool. Last thing. If they get SVG, they can get Weaver, Kenny Atkinson, 
and others to be assistants because SVG has been a head coach before. I mean, if you get Weaver and Atkinson as assistants and then you can get, you can get Brett Brown, you can get Sam Cassell, you could get Vanterpool if he wants to leave Minnesota, go somewhere where it's a little more warm during the winter, like New Orleans. That'd be sick. That's a dream team staff. You love, I mean, that'd be sweet. Is it likely that they all come? But no, more than likely, it's, it's, it's probably not. But tell me that wouldn't be dope. That'd be freaking rad to bring all those guys in. Now, Archons, as if, I mean, as there are with every other head coach that would be brought in, Greg Popovich has cons. And for, for SVG, it's fact that he's a retread. A lot of people don't like that. Rough time in Detroit. That was really ugly. He's he's kind of known as being an asshole. And he's never been able to get it done. No championships. Not an NBA championship. Didn't make it there with the Magic 2008. Sorry. 2008? 2009? Something like that. One of those years with the Magic. And, and, then, and then things fell apart. So... That's uh, a couple of the cons for Stan Van Gundy. But there you have it. That's how I rank them. Went over a few things that we know from these coaches, from the current coaching search throughout the league. And that's what we got right now. Should another name surface, should anything else come to the come to the surface, come to a head, then we'll address it. But that's where we're at for right now, Pelicans fans. And if you have any questions about that evaluation, about, I mean, any other potential coaches, I prefer it would be of substance because we've done so much speculation and I just want something like, like a lot of you, I would love to just have a head coach now. So there you go. Pels fans. Thanks for tuning in today. Once again, if any of you are in intrigued about advertising with the show, feel free to hit us up on the DMS on Twitter. It's at Elliot Clough, E L I O T C L O U G H. Or you can shoot an email to Clough at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. Before you go, make sure to go down, leave that rate and review. Do it! On the podcast that really helps us out. Subscribe and follow depending on where you're listening to this podcast. You can always check out some more Believe podcasts on Believe.com or just search wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just type in B-L-E-A-V. You'll find all those podcasts go check out the bird rights tbw the bird rights on the interwebs you're gonna get articles from myself ali cosell preston ellis david grubb chris connor and kevin barrios awesome stuff there we'll be hitting you with some more information as the coaching search progresses hopefully there will be a head coach here soon ali just got up another article today that you can check out on stan van gundy so folks Thanks for tuning in once again today. Hit me up in DMs. Hit me up on email. Looking forward to partner. Looking forward to partnering with y'all, folks. Once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.